Oh, hey, lovey. Welcome to episode number 39 of your Cosmic Mama podcast. I'm your hostess, Andy Murphy, and today I am delighted to bring to you my friend Jennifer Way. Jennifer is Dragon Sister, she's Soul Sister, and she's been one of those guiding lights for me here in a time where my life has been pretty turbulent. And we're not going to overshare here today. Nope, I'll come through with some vulnerability, but uh, know that I'm recovering. And know that in the ways that reality is unraveling for each of us, well, cool, we have opportunities to step into our fucking sovereignty. We don't really know how this process of ascension is going to go. We have concepts, and they're fucking wrong. The concepts are even dissolving. The beliefs are dissolving. Hopefully that Akashic web of reality is stepping in to support you in some ways. But I've needed some help. I needed the help of girlfriends. I needed the help of faith to find my way through. So our conversation today kind of starts from there. How do we navigate through some of these harrowing challenges of our life? And again... My challenges could look different than yours, but we're all learning and being tested and being given opportunities to evolve in exactly the ways that are right for us. So I'll try to be nice to myself. Will you try to be nice to yourself too? Inside, we're going to discuss an unraveling of reality. So I'll go ahead and do something comforting. Light a bowl, light a joint, light a candle, or maybe climb into a bath. Allow yourself some good girlfriend time to remember the blessings of this unfolding journey that awaits all of us. We are coming into greater power. It's going to be really cool. But sometimes it just isn't. So listen when it won't feel triggering. Listening. Listening. (laughs) When this instead feels like, oh, fuck, I'm not alone. Because baby, I promise you're not alone. We're all in it, and the more we can show up in that and uh, be graceful and loving and sweet to ourselves and each other, the easier it'll be. See you inside, lover. We always start with opening some sacred space, but that doesn't even feel right at this point in time. So give us a second, y'all, because uh, I got this from a girlfriend this morning. As we are here today at Friday, August 13th, 2021, a heads up, as predicted, the relentlessly harsh Saturn-Uranus-Sun reality, along with the wholesale deconstruction, destruction, dynamiting of what we took to be permanent features of our lives, continues. <laughs> with it goes any last shreds of naive belief that someone out there knows what to do, that someone or something is coming to your rescue. Hey, how's that for a a galactic little update to get us started? So, hey, y'all, happy Friday the 13th. We're here with uh, my sweet friend, Jen Y. We're going to get some sacred space open, like we like to do around here. Because chances are, wherever you are, whatever is going on, there might be some volatility. There might be some uh, sincere what-the-fuck moments. So today we turn away from the isolation, from the beliefs within our own heads and spaces. 
And we begin today to ask for help in whatever way that looks for you. Help of the ancestors, help of the galactics, help of friends. Mm. And the sincere witnessing by those who get you. Those who do know how to practice loving you unconditionally. And allowing yourself now just to kind of dissolve into Gaia. Recognizing this is her illusion, her reality that's crumbling, not yours. Let's so see if we can ride and surf through this in different ways. Remembering our role. Remembering the game. Hmm. Um, because as Jen and I come here together today, Jen is hostess of the Self-Consciousness Podcast. Jen has been one of those friends and allies who has gotten me through uh, the last month. So, hey, Jen, thanks for <laughs> coming and hanging out with me in another forum. <laughs> hey, Andy. Hey, oh everybody. Hey, cosmic babies. Mm, cosmic loves. And I think what I wanted to kind of play with today was some of this idea of what do we actually do when the shit gets hard? Without it being trauma bonding, without feeling like I'm needy, without um, spreading my shit on anyone else. Um, I really kind of wanted to have this conversation today as friend, as wise one, because um, I've had to reach out a lot. And Jen's been one of them who's been there for me as um, truly everything in my reality has changed within the last month. And <laughs> I'm not as enlightened as I thought, y'all. <laughs> Motherfucker. Oh, God. That, that is indeed a change. The idea that there is a point at which we're done. <laughs> the idea that we're on a ladder, because it is, in fact, a roller coaster. It's... Um... Yeah. So Jen, and you've been experiencing with this, this with other people too. It's not just me who you've needed to uh, be there to support throughout this last crazy fucking month. It's kind of universal, yeah. right? It feels very universal. It feels, speaking of universal, what I actually also wanted to bring up today <laughs> was this idea of actual reversal. Mm. I'm just getting this sense that Obviously, we're all being th thrown in this, like, tumbler, right? This is a big tumbler. And we are looking for the precious gems. Hmm. But I think what's actually also happening is a reversal. There is, you know, we were descending, descending, descending. And now we are changing direction. Mm. Um, white, Tech. black is what it's called within the Egyptian. Ah. Um, and the tech, just because as soon as you say it, I'm like, oh, is that what the fuck? The tech is like the bottom of the breath where it goes from like the inhale to the exhale, but you don't know that it's shifting. Exactly. 
Okay. That's cool. absolutely, you know, it's that part of the roller coaster where you're at the bottom and then you're starting to come back up again. Mm. And I feel like it's in such a, it, that happens to us all the time. You know, this is the flow. This is the, the ups and the downs. It's the roller coaster. But I feel like on such a global scale and such a galactic scale, this is what's happening. It does feel like roles are reversing. Everything is reversing. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it totally makes sense. But, um, and again, it makes sense only so much as the brain can comprehend it because beliefs have been shattered. Um, The word that I've been sitting with this week is annihilation. It's total fucking annihilation. What's uh, going on? Obliteration, annihilation. It's, um, It's the destruction of all that is. And I think, uh, you know, I think of my podcast episode that I did last year, Boogie Your Way Through the Apocalypse. And I'm like, where the fuck did that bitch go? Like I have, uh, I might need to go back and listen because the focus and the optimism and the levity that I had Mm -hmm. is completely gone now. Well, we had a different sense of reality back then. Uh... I think for the reality that we had been in, it was right. Hmm. Well, and we probably needed some of that perspective to be able to go into this. Um, and it's so funny because I think every summer around this time, I'm like, it's a collective dark night of the soul. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, say that every fucking year and this year is different. And I apologize uh, for my loves who are listening because I don't mean to sound hopeless, but that's been my fucking experience lately. <laughs> so how can we come forward um, harvesting something from that? Because, have... sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I just think that in order for everything to change, everything has to be destroyed. And I was awfully naive in uh, what the actuality of that would be. Yes. It has to be all of our belief systems, it just keeps getting deeper. It's like a mm-hmm. screw, the spiral. It's like we have to go so far down into these dark spaces. And in terms of kind of that that group of people mm-hmm. around us that we have to kind of be, the, the only way to get through this is to make the space for ourselves and make the space for our friends. Hmm. And actually just coming together in this total annihilation of the self who we thought we were, I find, I don't, things are dropping away so incredibly fast. One week, someone is your best friend for life. That next week they're gone. You cannot continue. These are the kinds of changes that Mm. I, that I've been experiencing as well. And I think when I notice that happening, it, it, it's a, for me, it's, I've realized it's a complete acceptance of, of death. It's a complete Mm. acceptance of death of my, my closest loved ones. It's a complete and utter just surrender to this inevitability and then once we can really breathe and live and sit with that, what's next? Hmm. Oh, you sent me that damn article where she kept asking what's next. Not <laughs> why me, 
I had to read that one a few times. Um, and I, what I want to acknowledge the wisdom in what you just said was things change so rapidly and rather than me beating myself up for like, Oh, I made a mistake back there. No, no, no. That was absolutely fucking true a month ago where I stand right now. Not true anymore. So the need to constantly come back into this sense of now Mm -hmm. and integrity and true for now, I think is also um, the practice that I keep having to find myself in. Yeah. And think about what that means letting go of. It means every fucking thing, everything, (laughs) everything, you know, I, I've had sort of guidance that's come in showing me what these connections look like with one another. And it's like, if you take a grilled cheese and you, and you pull it apart, you know, you see Mm, those strings. Grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. no, all of you want grilled cheese right now. Um, but it's like, it is that sort of, those are the connectors. Those are the, the neurons. We are condensed version. We are condensed networks. That's all we are. Condensed networks of energy, condensed networks of physicality. If you look at what our patterns are on the inside of our body or even like our neurological structure, we are condensed for a reason. And all we have to do is recognize that we are actually creating all of the pain and suffering that we're yeah. experiencing. And that's fucking humbling. Yo. Well, and <laughs> humbling is a word for it. Uh, I was just going to read this other uh, payment children quote that was pretty good. When we resist change, it's called suffering. But when we can completely let go and not struggle against it, when we can embrace the groundedless, groundlessness of our situation and relax into its dynamic quality, that's called enlightenment. Yeah. And go fuck yourself. And can I just yourself. say, and go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> and how the fuck do I do that? How and the how fuck do you expect me to do that? I don't think it's about how to do that because that seems an asinine request. It's about how do I do it with grace? That's where I've really been struggling, right? Like I can let it all go, but I find myself to be a whiny ass bitch as it's going on. And that's not a judgment on self. That is like, how the fuck do I own my now? Mm -hmm. Do I share and ask for help in my now without being whiny or trauma bonding around it? You got to embrace that whiny ass bitch. (laughs) Because I do. I embrace your whiny bitch. You definitely embrace my whiny bitch. Oh, God. Even though I don't necessarily embrace my own whiny bitch. Right. Well, and it's that, I guess, and this is the necessity of really uh, solid girlfriends and clan right now. Yeah. You don't see my whiny bitch as a whiny bitch. Like, you love her unconditionally. And you're like, oh, hey, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that's well, hard. It's understandable. <laughs> I mean, I think that's another thing. It's like, it's understandable. I've been going through this issue where I do see, I feel like I've always seen this, and this is part of my problem in my life, is that I, I do see everyone's soul, regardless of their wounding, regardless of mm. what's been, how they are manifesting their reality or their how they're existing and being and and you know, playing with the world. I've seen it to my own detriment. Mm. 
because I can see it when they can't. And what I understand Mm -hmm. now is that I have to be better at recognizing that for myself, it doesn't necessarily mean I have to be their best friend. (laughs) Because just because I can see someone's soul, which is for me divine, always, I really do consider everyone to be divine. It's so easy for me Mm -hmm. to see that in other people. And I'm only now, after 45 years, learning to do that for myself, is seeing the divine within myself. And for me, focusing on the worst part of my suffering, which is the beating of myself, the the beating up, the I am the Muhammad Ali of beating myself up. Yeah. (laughs) I am the champion. Don't play. Don't try me. And I think another part of that is, of course, just getting in trouble a lot as a kid and and trying to avoid that. So that's where that people-pleasing element comes in. That's the hardest thing I'm finding that it is for me to drop right now. Because, yeah, recognizing other people's sovereignty. Yeah. It's like, I can't do it for myself, but I can do it for you. And just as you may not be able to do it for yourself, but you can do it for me or other girlfriends when we call you in our tough little spots, there is this beautiful, like, this is how we heal Mm -hmm. by offering that compassion that I haven't yet translated fully and completely to myself. um, You know, to me, this is the necessity of having strong girlfriends. It's the, uh, thank you. Let me not even say necessity because that diminishes it so much, but like the gift and the beauty is that you guys can hold me in places that I can't. And hopefully through that holding, um, I become more gentle and loving on myself as well. Yeah. And and reaching out is such a huge part of that because, you know, although we are psychic, we don't always read your, each other's minds, you know, <laughs> but it's like, I, you know, it's, we, at least for me, I get into a very paralyzed and numbing state. Um, mm, so I wanted impossible. to talk about numbing. Can we talk about numbing? Because uh, I haven't smoked it. weed in about seven weeks now. Oh, um, because I'm scared to. Um, and any, uh, thank you. As a lifelong stoner, you guys know that we go through, you know, we go through phases of that relationship too. But for me, it felt absolutely crucial for me to stay clear headed through all of this. Mm-hmm. And so the ally uh, that cannabis does offer and the numbing that she does offer, I'm scared to go back into right now because I need to stay so present with what's going on. I think that's the right way to, um, I think that's the right, I think that's the right way to, uh, to take it. I think everyone has to know when it's right for them to pause or not. Or if you're numbing, um, I think in the moment when I'm numbing, I I am aware that I am numbing. Um, and I also try to keep this awareness that when I am done numbing, I trust myself to be done with it. And I know that, mm-hmm. that that's going to – I'm going to – I'm a Gemini. I'm a double – Almost triple Gemini. <laughs> Ooh, do you know that if I look at mine, uh, sorry, not, not no, to make it about go me, ahead. Uh, but in that, um, what the hell do they call it? Sidereal? Sidereal uh, astrology. I come up as a triple Gemini. Oh, no way. <laughs> Isn't that cute? That huh. fucking doesn't surprise me at all. You, we're literally kinda, born a week apart. 
I would really love to not have all of the emotions of that. I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, fuck, fuck all contracts, fuck all predetermined destiny right now. Um, I'm renegotiating the whole damn deal. Yeah, maybe I'll come through as a triple air sign instead. Fine. Triple air sign. Sure. Why not? Sure. Whatever. It's an air year, right? I mean, well, like I said to you the other day, I had this download that was like, you, you know, your air sign corresponds to where you prefer your feet to lie. So do you like your feet up in the air? <laughs> I don't know what that means. On a swing, lying down, whatever. Oh, I just went like, right to sex. <laughs> I know, of course, sex. That's what I would that's what I was really getting at, actually. Um, but uh on this day of Venus, <laughs> and my Venus is in Gemini. Um, you know, like your feet in the water, your feet on the earth, and your feet on the fire. You know, do you like your feet on the fire? Maybe you don't like it, but that's if you're a fire sign, I'm sure you're familiar with the feeling energetically. I don't uh, I don't love the feeling of walking on the earth. And I know that's because I'm an air sign. I like my feet in the air. I like kicking back. I like kicking it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go back to this idea of numbing? Because I think I yes. like the grace of numbing of numbing being a necessary phase of our absolutely. healing. Absolutely. I absolutely believe that. And although if you catch me on a hardcore numbing day, I am probably beating myself up for it. Mm. But I am learning to accept the necessity of numbing. We this is something that Justice said recently on one of her Patreons, which is, you know, you guys have been asleep for like 13,000 years. You're not going to be awake. This transition is not mm -hmm. happening quickly. You know, we have to be patient. And a huge part of that is for me, that is my permission slip to numb every once in a while because all I'm doing all day is processing my emotions. As practitioners, <laughs> as healers, we process our emotions for the collective. And, and I do believe that we do need to continue healing because it's our fucking job. I heal so you can. I heal and put that into the grid. I heal for everybody who's feeling this. I, I am numbing because ultimately when I give myself a break from numbing, it comes in so quickly, mm. so much faster than it would have. Because if I wasn't numbing, I would have just been keeping myself busy. And that's the same thing. It's avoidance. It's that it's lifestyle avoidance. of the Americans in today's day and age. You know, that that's avoidance. It's it's not any different. We numb in so many ways. We numb with work. We numb with household duties. Of course, we can also mm. meditate in those things. But a lot of times we numb using all of these activities. So, and I don't think that that's exclusive to, you know, oh, I do this, so it's always for numbing. I think we numb with different things at different times when we have different needs to. And it's fascinating as you're saying this because I haven't been numbing, but I have yeah. been forced to go numb. <laughs> um, and you probably know this more than uh, those of you listening because I'm not sharing everything here today because that doesn't help me or you or anyone else. But I wasn't numbing. I was facing everything I thought with a uh, pretty fucking uh, segment fervor and ferocity and bravery and courage. And then I got knocked on my ass and literally have not been able to move for two weeks. Yeah. I was 
so the numbing, <laughs> not just a necessity, a requirement Yes. on some path of evolution that I couldn't even see. Still can't see because I'm in it. Yeah. But remember, we are, we're in a, we're in a tumbler. How can we, you know, we're going to be feeling it whether we like it or not. So we have to numb because we are so inundated and so overwhelmed with stimuli that mm-hmm. numbing is the only possibility. We are so inundated. I've, I've been also coming back to this overwhelming rejection of social media as a concept. I understand it's needed. I understand people have to connect that way, but we have lost so much of our humanity over social media. We've lost our focus. Mm-hmm. And I believe that because we're inundated with all of this programming, messaging, commentary, other people's perspectives all the time, mm-hmm. what else are we supposed to do? You know, like I, I feel like it's a, it's a natural progression, obviously not a place to stay forever, but it's a natural progression of living and existing in a world that is such bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I mean... The social media. Yeah, I can't do social media at all. <clears throat> and so interesting when you do uh, use social media professionally in order to connect with people. Um, I can't right now. So, hey, y'all, that's just uh, my Same truth. I but, feel like there's a certain numbing happening there as well. But it's a divergent. Is. It's a numbing to diverge from your mm. own path. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I've watched a lot. Yeah, I see a lot of people use social media in that way. Um, even another girlfriend, she's like, you know, I go on there to feel better. And then I don't feel better. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> luckily, I learned that gig a while ago. I'm like, well, I Because don't... You're, you're a consumer when you go yeah. online. That's it. That's all you're seen as. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're treated as, regardless of the content. And I do feel that to inundate people with new content and to pressure other people to continuously create content. We are creating a system that allows people to disconnect from themselves daily, hourly. Why is that okay? It brings you into a fucking reality that isn't real, right? So one of the things we talked about in the beginning was this idea of the beliefs unraveling. And I want to challenge us a little bit more to like, uh, beliefs aren't just unraveling. Beliefs don't actually exist. Yes. And we did a little bit of this um, over at Sage App last uh, week when we did our new moon activation. There was that idea of like, if we can get to the Akashic reality underneath the web of beliefs, underneath the web of what we think is reality. And so I think we're moving into this phase and sorry for all the thinking, but clearly, uh, you know, numbing. <laughs> it's that air <laughs> and, energy. And eloquence. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> beliefs are even going away because even your beliefs haven't been real. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, engaging in social media of any quality, they are trying to convince you of a reality that they need you to participate in, to buy, to sell, to be motivated, to participate in a reality that really no longer exists. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, do you want to be friends with someone who only wants your eyes and your wallet? Is that a relationship? <sighs> because that's all it is. I mean, that's all it is. It's, it's constant 
um, showering of content that we have all accepted that we have to continue to create, which is just yeah. blows my mind. And, and uh, listen, everybody, this is, we're also, you know, in our mid forties, <laughs> like this is, we knew a time before social media. So I, I, I also want to just put mm. it out there that I, I understand that a lot of people grow up with it and it's really not anything that they can control in terms of like, this is the reality that they've known for since they were children. I understand that as well, but there, there is a reality beyond it. And, um, and I'm also going to add here too, because I love this point that, yeah, we are Gen X. So we do know of a reality where social media wasn't there, Mm -hmm. but in this idea of constant need to produce constant, like, aren't we saying that's a fucking problem within a commercialized society? It's going to be problematic and unsustainable within any platform. However, that shows up because the constant push for more and more and more ultimately fails. Yeah. Always. Thanks, Jen. Yeah. It's, it's the constant push for more and more and more because it's this this programmed idea of lack and mm. and that's where it initially comes from and it's super patriarchal it's super hierarchical it's super capitalist um and i feel like i'm shouting into a void when i say these things and that no one really here or an echo chamber no one really hears it because we're so immersed in it it's like it's almost like when people described global warming when you're that the bunny rabbit in the pot of boiling water you know we we are you don't notice things getting hotter because you're like in it <laughs> you know mm-hmm. but it's like i i also consider this cultural societal you know soup or stew we are all in it we all have absorbed it we all have internalized it so all of this stuff is what mm. coming back to what you said about beliefs oh my god i made a connection i can't believe that. <laughs> i never do that i always take the car out for a joyride and never come back. I, get oh, I love you but it's like coming back to that idea of beliefs this is why we're being so shaken because our reality and everything that we have accepted about it, we, you and I, we accept that we have to create content. We accept that we have to market our brand, but why? <laughs> why? Is it, is it, and I guess it depends on, on what the goal is, but we are subscribing to this goal that has been culturally programmed. Oh, it's relevance. It's fucking relevance. In order to stay relevant, you must stay, you must create more, right? Um, And I've certainly gotten into this discussion. Creation is different, I feel like. Um, Say more. I, I, creation, I think we have to understand that creation can be done in solitude and without an audience. And creation is never like, Creation is not a hundred percent of the cycle. You must go fallow. You must go into like silence in order to have more things to create. So I think that there is a cyclical nature of creation that has been uh, completely disregarded. Yeah. Um, But that seeking of relevance as um, I'm saying it now, I think there's also that idea of, I don't want to be forgotten. Which is a very non-spiritual, materialistic idea and drive. Yeah. Or I want to make an impact. I want to change the world. Fucking hell. Why do we put that pressure on ourselves? 
to change the world. I want to change the world. I want to make it a better place. Now, when you hear those statements, that sounds like, well, yeah, of course, everyone should feel that way. But should they? Maybe we're not all here to change the entire world. Maybe we're here to change our local communities. Maybe we're here to build a sense of conscious community with one another. Okay, I see what you're saying. So we're allowed to like uh, want reality to be uh, (laughs) maybe better, but the world versus the immediate, uh, you know, I think of that quote, I forget who it's by, but like I want to tend the garden I can reach. I don't need to change the world. I don't need to change a situation in China. There's really very little that I can do for South Asia right now in my uh, present reality. I can have hopefully a positive impact on those who I encounter on any type of a day-to-day going about of my business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. Look at the pressure that we put on ourselves to change the entire world. Or to, well, it's egoic. Like, let's yeah. just get there. Like, who the come the fuck on? Yeah. Um, and the world is being changed by the people who have the money to tell you what the world and reality is. Because yeah, you yes. can change the world by turning off the fucking news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, those people are changing the third dimensional reality, of course. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Building their rocket ships and selling you things that are fifty cents cheaper than you can get anywhere else. Thanks a lot. Uh, goodness not naming any names that you know what i'm talking about nope Um, but you know it's yeah i think on one hand it's so upsetting (laughs) to know that we are sharing the planet with this with this kind of energy and you know and that's that's okay Mm -hmm. but we also have to understand the parasitic nature of that kind of energy and and recognize that we don't have to succumb to that the parasitic nature of our structures. And can we recognize also that like one act of pure love changes the world? Um, Jen, you with a handful of other girlfriends, like you have changed my fucking reality within the last month. Whenever I desperately, direly, Um, needed someone to listen so I wasn't so alone in the complete fucking annihilation over here. Um, Me too. Samesies. Right love, back you. love can change the world because it Absolutely. brings us out of a place of the isolation. It brings us out of the uh, the confines of my reality, feeling like it's true and real. Hmm. And imagine what laughter does. Oh God, I don't fucking know. I can't get to laughter yet. Do you know I am trying every goddamn comedy I can find. I'm trying so <laughs> hard to get back to laughter, and I'm like, hey. Hey, uh, my daughter asked me the other day, she's like, are you obsessed with Tig Notaro? Because you watch like five or six. And I'm like, it's the closest I can get right now is uh, the best I can do. This is a prescription. I have to take one a day. I I really believe that that it it can be prescriptive, you know, as in terms of, but like the other day, you made me laugh on a day when I had like lost all sense of humor. Oh, cool. And it was, it was, it was, it was. (laughs) humor it it came out because i was excited i'm not even going into it too deep like i was just excited and happy to connect with you you know and and the fact that you called me and i'm like "Ah." (laughs) you know and i'm like yeah the hippies were right 
Oh, the fucking hippies. I watched this uh, show yesterday called Wanderlust because, you know, I decided oh, to go I down. love a- that show. <laughs> I did not. I was so fucking irritated by it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's a problem. Um, but isn't it funny <laughs> that, like, I just needed, like, dumb humor and I can't quite go Will Ferrell. So I went Paul Rudd instead. You know, we find our little grooves for it. Um, <laughs> the, the humor is a prescription, but I think I was really irritated by that show, even though like, I love everybody in the state. I'm perfect Gen X kid. Like I, I can name. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they're trying to create a utopian society that also goes into like, Hey, we're all going to have free sex and none of us are going to have any responsibilities. Yeah, and I'm like, isn't there another fucking patriarchal Right, thank you. Lens. That's and that might just be it. And I don't go into the patriarchal, y'all. So uh, I hear Jen, I hear you saying these things, and I'm not going to dive <laughs> too deep into them because they're not mine. But that's okay. Um, but where is that sense? Because it was that show and something else that I watched where they're like, "Well, I just want friends and laughter and ease," and I'm like, "Oh my god, like that is really all that I want." But where the yeah. fuck does that actually exist? Because to me, it only seems to exist on a beach. <laughs> I know. How do I get to well, the beach? I, I believe that as the Pleiadians like to bring forth a lot, it's it's for us to build. It's for us to decide. It's for us to literally create in the ways that... And it's the stuff we've been saying mm. and hearing for years. But right now, it's like, oh, yeah. I'm the only one who's going to create this because this is what I want to see in the world. So I think I'm going to need mm-hmm. to focus on this one thing and make that the reality. That's um, really good. You know, I, I think the, this was literally came from last night. I was doing some emotional clearing, some emotional work, um, which we do <laughs> weekly uh, when I'm not numbing. And um, I really dug in deep and I got to the source of what had been, and I'm happy to share because that's just how I exist. Um, the depths of my despair this week and how it hit me, not only was it about healing my own inner masculine, but it was also about this fear of losing my loved ones, this deep, dark fear and this worry that all of the darkness I'm seeing and feeling, um, you know, and and me asking myself, is is this, am I becoming, am I predicting something big that's going to happen that's going to kill everybody? So those thoughts were kind of running through my head and, and I had to follow them. I had to go through. I had to feel what it would feel like to lose all of mm-hmm. the people I love. And um, I had to look at it. I had to look at it clearly because this is where my resistance had been. It was like I have been holding back loving those nearest and dearest to me because the pain that could come from losing them is so overwhelming that I'm literally trying to protect myself. And I remember this feeling when I first met my husband and I had fallen in love and I knew that that's he was going to be my life partner and I would be wake up just trembling and terrified that I would lose him. And um, after I was able to process this last night, I was able to see, oh, I just had to process that. Does it mean that I'm going to lose them? Yes. We're going to lose everybody. We're going to lose ourselves. We're going to lose everything. It's inevitable. 
are we all connected anyway? Yes. Are we going to experience lifetimes with them again? Of course. Have we lost them forever? No, just in this physical lifetime. But that mortality really, um, I think, was hitting me on a new level. And I think that's all it ever is. It's like, yes, we're experiencing the same issues over and over, but it's getting deeper. We're really digging up some issues. And I have a personal belief that we are existing in fourth dimensional reality as we are the seedlings that are that are bursting open, but we're still in the shit. Like we are still right next to the fertilizer and we are still trying to avoid being eaten and swallowed and we're still struggling to find our light, right? To find the light. Mm. And if we can do this together and in support, then then it's less scary and it's less overwhelming and it's less difficult. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I made a point. <laughs> uh, you made, you made a lot of really good points and you also shared really vulnerably and beautifully. So, uh, I wanted to honor Thank all you. of that. Um, cause that holding back of love to protect the self. Oh, yeah. ouch. Yeah. Um, and I, in my sickness last week, I kept watching the Netflix documentary surviving death. Because I kept reminding myself of like, oh, wait, this is just a game. This is totally like totally just a game. And I can remember uh, Jessa saying as COVID was hitting, we're going to learn that death is something completely different than what we've realized. Right. So when you said mortality, um, I'm going to tie it back to what I think keeps coming up today, that even mortality is a belief that is a fucking illusion. Exactly. exactly. And I don't mean to go all woo woo because the pain and the grief, the fear and the loss is a part of the human experience, but the fear that is so fucking pumped through every molecule of air that we breathe right now is so absurd. Yeah. The fear of mortality is freezing love yes so thank you for your willingness to recognize it for yourself so that it could go through the grid to be yeah loosened i i believe that we are you're welcome grid (laughs) i do believe that we only transcend the fourth dimension when we know when we are accepting of mortality in, and turning it into what it really actually is. Because on a fourth dimensional level, mortality is the end of everything. And that's where you get all your dark agendas and your programming and the divergent timelines with the aliens and everything. Because they accept death as the end, they don't know there's a higher plane. We get to the higher plane when we look at death and we genuinely in ourselves know that it's just transformation. Well, and also I'm going to say this too, because I think the idea of, hey, death is just an illusion is also super fucking bypassy. But when we can do what you just did, which was navigate through to the fears, to uh, tossle with the possibility of another reality where death is just an illusion, this is where the transformation comes in, not just the, uh, you know, blase blanket statement of like, oh, it's just an illusion. It's totally fine. Because as people are getting sick and dying around us, yeah. uh, <laughs> there's nothing casual or no. uh, illusory about it. 
No, it's very real and it's very true and it's extremely uh, sad just doesn't cover it. I mean, mm-hmm. the state of grief, you know, it's something we have to feel. I, I just recorded an episode about um, losing my mom a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And I numbed myself for months because I wouldn't let myself feel the grief. Um, and I floated away for a little while. But it was Ooh. all because I was avoiding grief. I was bypassing the grief. Can I just add that as a really uh, interesting query for anyone who is, uh, you know, currently, what are you numbing from? I think not just that I'm numb, but what am I numbing from? So you just said you were numbing from the grief. I think Mm -hmm. I have been numbing from uh, the fear of sickness in my body. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Um, Like I'm aware of, uh, thanks, I just want to drop that that piece of awareness into it because that will be what allows us to transcend and heal through it rather than an avoidance, which is like, I don't know what the fuck I'm avoiding. So I'm just going to stay numb and avoid everything. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. I think because we, we can have faith in the idea of cycles. I feel like that's really one of the other things that we can really uh, just try to keep remembering. We can't hold on to anything, but we know that everything moves and changes and shifts and cycles. Mm-hmm. I feel like that, in addition to love, is the other way to get out of these, these spaces. Not to get out of them, because we have to be in them. If we try to get out of them, we're going to stay there a lot longer. That's, we're going to prolong it. Um, and we all know, you all know this. We all know this. Um, we, these lessons happen over and over again so we can learn with ease and grace. Because you're not going to learn it the first time. <laughs> you're not going to learn it the first time. It fucking sucks, man. Like, just download it into my head. Of course everyone wants AI because we just want it downloaded into our heads. But why right. take a shortcut? When the rewards, we know, because we've seen them along the way, when the rewards can be so great. Mm. Yeah, no, I kind of forgot that this week. Thanks. Um, Because I have sat in that place of like, okay, faith. What is it that I have faith in? Um, And yeah, I have faith in a natural universe. Yeah, I have. But the faith has been in beliefs. So that's all... uh, evolving right now but i like your i like your word of excuse me still working through stuff over here the faith (laughs) in the cycles because the cycles are always changing so that idea of like social media always progress always creating content always create a create there's nothing to have faith in in that that is not a model that works that is not a reality that works that is not a cycle Mm -hmm. of anything so um thank you for that gift of faith in the cycles because it does it never stays, it never stagnates. Mm-mm. Never stays one place for too long, which I think we've used as a source of security. And we've also used it as a source of terror to mm-hmm. entertain ourselves and make ourselves suffer, <laughs> you know, but it, 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 it's neither. It's neutral. It's just a cycle. Um, we decide we are the ones who put the affect on it. We're the ones who make the construct 
And we have complete control of our own constructs. And it's really hard to remember. One of the things I wanted to offer, I'm sorry, is um, here's a great exercise for anyone who is alive. Um, so- <laughs> if you're listening and you're not alive, you're let us know, because that would be super cool too, if we really oh, have transcended cool. like death. So, you know, just, just leave us oh. a voicemail if you're listening. Leave us alive. a voicemail in That'd our, you know, like in our dream space mm-hmm. reality. Um, so, I realized that one of the things that you can do to sort of retrace your soul steps, retrace your life, retrace, you know, basically that's what we're doing. We fell, we hit all these things on the way down, and now we're climbing back up. But our soul took a very specific path down there. So we are retracing our steps back up, and we each have a different path, right? That's from Gigi Young. That's not from me. So I sort of in taking this, and obviously we we all understand what inner child work is, what I've been doing um, sort of deliberately and then sort of not is re-watching movies that really impacted me as a young child. Going back into the the films that I watched, and a lot of them I haven't seen in a while because I like don't watch a lot of stuff anymore. It's very specific, the types of things I allow myself to watch. So I kind of will go in and I'll watch these old movies that I know I was obsessed with at certain points in my childhood. This is all like under the ages of 10. And when I go back into those movies, I can see where my programming came from. A perfect example is I went back and I watched the movie St. Elmo's Fire. St. Elmo's Fire is not for children. (laughs) This movie came out in the mid-80s. It was my mother's favorite movie. She had no boundaries. It was the 80s. I watched that movie a million times as like a 9 and Mm. 10-year-old, right? And now that I have kids that age, I'm like, this is such a bad idea. And what I could see was for me, and I always, I'm always screaming against the patriarchy, but you know, what I could see was that my perspective was so uh, formed by this movie in terms of like, I saw myself in the like Emilio Estevez character, the guy who was like stalking the girl. And he Mm -hmm. was like, wanted the girl and I was like we should all root for him and I literally internalized that to such a degree I saw myself almost like a man in pursuit of love hmm. you know and that doesn't work <laughs> like it doesn't work to like plan your sort of uh ways to you know to attract partners if you've been programmed through movies in the 80s about like what works and what doesn't because I didn't have any men in my life. I didn't know what masculine was. I didn't understand it. I, I was scared of men. And everything I learned about men came from movies. So when I engaged in reality, I was so disappointed and surprised. And, you know, this is, for me, this is just talks to also not only, you know, like tracing your programming, but the reality of how impacted, how deeply impacted we are culturally. Hmm. I'm going to add one phrase on top of this. I want it to be not only unraveling programming, but freeing beliefs. Because as you've been talking, I was thinking about, oh yeah, like pretty in pink. I always identified with Ducky, not Andy. No, no, no. I identified with Ducky with like this longing for and like being in love and they unrequited just ignore. 
motherfucker. You identified um, so with the guy. <clears throat> I identified with the guy. I identified with the loser. I identified with like, you know, the aw shucks, you know, the one who you really, woo. Uh, but in the unraveling of programming, we're freeing the beliefs because yes, I could have, thanks, um, thanks, John Cryer. I probably could have learned through Ducky in other ways, uh, <laughs> but that wasn't really given to us. It was reality being created for us. Yes. Um, and just as social media has created and defined what a reality is for us in the fucking eighties, our reality was being defined by media as well. Yeah. Mainstream media, not media that we could select. Nope. Of course not. Mm-hmm. And, and how would you get it, access to that Mm-mm. yeah and it defined our for me i trace this back to this mm-hmm. defined my internal masculine and my internal feminine and doing some work with my mom in spirit i discovered that i have a pygmalion complex internally my internal masculine has sculpted the perfect woman out of marble and she my internal feminine is frozen mm-hmm. frozen in perfection And the way they relate to one another was created during that foundational time. You know, also a child of divorce. Um, You know, we, when, you know, nowadays when when families are are splitting, um, both parents are usually in the same areas. But back in the 80s, that was not a thing. You know, one parent moved really far away and then you had to go visit them. So my foundation of masculine and feminine Talk about belief systems. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. This is why I have to heal so much inner masculine. But I know that if I hear, heal my inner masculine, then it's going to help the collective. Um, but whatever. I can still rage and sekmet my ass through it. <laughs> <laughs> and also Which I have been doing. We can't do anything just for the collective because then it doesn't actually heal it. It just, uh, it's another bypass. FYI. Exactly. We have to, like, I, it's not my goal to do it for the collective. Yeah. My goal really is to do it for myself. But my higher self understands that there is a mechanical, energetic process that I can actually see where my organs connect to one another. My heart just does this crazy thing when that happens. And the image I could see, I could literally see streams of energy coming from the center of my body up into a grid. And I don't know if that was the actual grid or if it was just what my guides were show or what my guidance was showing me, you know, that, ah, okay. So when I process the emotion about this one thing, I can actually upload that into the grid. I can upload the healing of that into the grid. And even if I'm not focusing on uploading it into the grid, I am embodying it. I'm Mm -hmm. filling out energetically. And then everyone who comes in contact with me will experience that. Yeah. Whether they know it or not. Energy is massive. I uh, told you this, but I had a healing the other day with my friend, Larissa. And in that healing healing with her scheduled for tomorrow. (laughs) In that healing, there was so much energy in me that was locked away um, from past life uh, offshoot that came bled over into this life, but it really had like locked me in such a degree that I didn't know I was frozen. Um, so the necessity for healing and lots of angles on healing 
uh, thanks. I don't care about the necessity of that. What I wanted to acknowledge was that you were saying as you did that, you saw these streams of energy coming back. We don't know that we are trapped in someone else's beliefs or programs until we experience and move through the pain of the desire to fucking reclaim our goddamn sovereignty. I don't want to suffer anymore. I don't know why I believe this. I don't know why the fuck Ducky is the first one that I think of when you talk about 80s movie. Like, what in the goddamn (laughs) hell is that? That's where I go. Cool. It's real. It's real. So um, I just want to celebrate uh, your gift of kind of like bringing this perspective in today because we don't do this for the collective. We do this for ourselves, but our willingness to do it is where we fucking become superheroes. Hmm. Thank you. I have to remember that. Yeah, no, we should write that down somewhere. <laughs> we should we should record it on a podcast one day. We should put it out there somewhere. That would be really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> because we are charting a new reality. And uh, I think this has been at least my personal crux for a long time. Uh, and I say long time within like the last year, but certainly 2021 of like, how do we create a new reality if we don't know what reality is or could be? How can we conceive of the inconceivable? Um, and I've sat in that paradox and I can recognize just today in our conversation, oh, that paradox is fucking cracking and all beliefs are being um, unraveled and all uh, reality is really, truly breaking shit or, uh we're we doing some great work the, <laughs> we look at the inconceivable we focus in on it hmm. what is inconceivable okay everybody do yeah do your uh, what? Um, what huh your uh princess bride imitations Inconceivable. <laughs> sorry that was so had to had I felt to. myself shudder in embarrassment but um yeah Dread Pirates Roberts. Why do I have to be fucking ducky? Why can't I be Dread Pirate Roberts? (laughs) (sighs) Why can't I be the fucking Princess Bride? Because they had no characters that were fully developed. That's why. I think that's that's true. That is one good benefit of, of, that was the other thing I noticed. It's just when you look at the female characters, when you're watching something from the 80s, it's really depressing because they're just so one-dimensional. But Mm. thankfully, we are moving into a world where we understand all perspectives are important. And if we are watching or consuming media or evidence of culture or art around us, that we are conscious about what we are receiving and we know that we are impacted by mm. it, we, we have to know that we're so impacted by it. It's so easy because we are the ones who decide whether or not, you know, something <laughs> is real for us. That's why we have ritual. Sometimes it's it's like, does it really mean, is it is something really going to happen because we did a ritual around it? Maybe, maybe not. But for me, it makes me feel better. So that's the, set, that's the state I want to be in. It doesn't matter how I get there. It doesn't have to look a certain way. And the other thing I also wanted to kind of add about the reversal is I feel like I'm moving away from the moon as something to kind of look towards. I think in the past it was, I think it was this idea of the moon, you know, the moon kind of locks us on earth. And I I don't know about you, but like, I'm, I want to transcend earth. I want to bring earth up. And I, I, 
personally don't identify with the moon anymore. I oh. I don't give a fuck about the moon phases anymore because here's another thing. Before the moon was feminine, she was masculine. So many old cultures, old Native American cultures, shamanistic cultures in Mongolia, the sun was always feminine. And that's a fucking reversal of belief if there's anything. Mm -hmm. Can you guys just picture for a moment everything you thought about the moon and the sun, even all the stuff worth looking about, like lunar, you know, it's feminine and deep, blah, blah, blah. You know what? You've been lied to. (laughs) What if it's the sun? Hmm. The sun creates, the sun, you know, it's, the moon shows up every once in a while. But the sun is there every day. The sun nourishes Mm. you like a mother does. The moon goes, you know, shows up sometimes and disappears. Fickle little fucker, isn't it? Yeah. But if you you look at older cultures, the sun was feminine. That's why gods and goddesses in ancient Egypt, that's why they have, they transcend. They have the sun on their heads. It's... It's different if we if we start reversing everything we've ever learned, all of those beliefs. You know, for me, I have like sworn to wear black. Like I I know that there was a lot of like people wearing white. I know when Guru Jagat passed, I know they wear white, and I don't know why because I don't know anything about the Kundalini Yoga. But I was like, I'm gonna wear black because. For me, black is the reversal. Black is the acceptance. Black is the feminine. Black is the (laughs) space. It's the creation. And and we've been socialized and conditioned to fear the darkness and to fear the feminine. So no, I I don't I reject that reality. Even within our our very recent new age uh, you know. I mean, I'm sure I made videos about being like, you should take, you know, you should work with the energies of the moon. <laughs> but like, I, I'm taking it all, you know, I, I'm changing it. I'm reversing it all. Personally. And not just reversing. We're just at a new frequency of truth now. Um, I was thinking about this last week as I uh, did that work with Sage Dap. I've taught on fucking 8-8 before. I have led Lions Gate events before. And here I am this year and I'm like, yep, Lions Gate isn't real. It never was. <laughs> the ability to yeah. be in that place of self-correction without like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I can't believe, without the shame on top of it. Because yeah. the shame, I think, is what uh, for me bogs me down more than anything else. It's our own shackles. <clears throat> I was wrong back there. Or I might be wrong now. Or I could be wrong in the future. Like, who the fuck yeah. knows? But <clears throat> truth for me is right the fuck where I am. Exactly. I mean, what a shakeup of the world to accept the only reality as now. That destroys everything. <laughs> it really does. Well, and in, in that... Uh, now is the only thing exists, then I have no beliefs because I just am. Yeah. And all we can do is engage with that moment in ways that feel right for us. Like, okay, I'm literally after we are done recording, I am packing a bag and I am going two miles into New York City to a hotel by myself for the weekend. 
because this is what I found I need to do for my own energy as a mom during COVID. Um, so I am literally going into the city and I was like, okay, I did this once before. I kind of know what to expect. You know, what do I want to make plans? And I realized I was going into it so differently this time around because I'm like, I'm not making any plans. Hmm. I am going there with no expectations. I'm, you know, I'm bringing clean underwear and a toothbrush. Boom. <laughs> and we'll see what happens. Because I might not feel like doing anything. And, and I think that's that so that's cute. okay. But it's like I, I had to do this a couple of times to get the hang of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I mean, we also have this idea that because we're looking at all these, we're constantly looking outside of ourselves. We see so many people getting further than us. This competition, this comparison. That's another part of these constructs, you know, and that's another part of the whole social media and and the media consumption. We're constantly looking through other people's eyes. Mm. Why are we spending so much time when we could look through our own? I'm, I've, you know, I have the benefit of coming into life as such a clean slate and really being this sort of blob of I don't know for so long and 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 taking in the projections that the people around me put on me and not you know really having zero sense of self which was the best thing for me to do to have to come into this world with for years no sense of self just reflecting what I see around me reflecting the beliefs that will make me considered good in the eyes of other so, uh, you know, getting to this place of like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I am the one who gets to decide. I'm the one who gets to decide what I'm going to do this weekend. You know, it's lovely. whether or not I, you know, am I going to eat scones all weekend from the Starbucks across the street or am I going to take myself out to a nice dinner? I don't care. I don't know. I think you should get scones somewhere besides Starbucks. Like, just <laughs> drop that in, please. Not trying to influence your reality, but I think you can probably do better, girl. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> I've definitely gotten to the point where like, I literally can't eat certain foods. I I, I just, I will be in so much pain. I, I can't eat. I, I wouldn't be, I would probably be getting a fruit cup. Um, really? Yeah. And it's so <laughs> annoying to hear that out of my mouth because like, I am the person who will go across the street and get like Reese's peanut butter cup cupcakes from the bodega. It's the only mm. place they sell them that are so processed and but but again like I I am I've also come from years of of disordered eating so it's like I but now I'm in this place where my body physically will will just shut down and and I I kind of want to segue this into speaking to where we are right now which is once we realize that you know, we are going to suffer if we do this other thing that we've been doing or we thought we should be doing once we've suffered a couple of times and we're like, okay, all right, I give up. I'm not doing that anymore. It, it forces us and it makes it easier to either eat healthy foods or numb Mm -hmm. ourselves when we need to, or give ourselves a break when we need to, because we are giving in to the now and how our bodies are feeling right now and really listening to them and asking it like what it wants. And that's the 
only truth right now. That and having a call with your girlfriends. <laughs> it's so true. And it's funny because in my uh, not feeling well, there's all these comfort foods that, uh, again, belief and mind wants to go to. And body is like, oh, God, please don't. Uh, so that even breaking, right? I, I can choose the suffering and I might because I'm going to give myself that moment. But ultimately, it's not at all satisfying. And the reality of what it's doing in my body is, mm, yeah, another belief fucking shattered. Thanks. It is. And, and be, but even going back to how you just phrased it, your mind wants something. Yep. But how do we feed our minds? We don't feed them with scones or cupcakes. So we, we're, we're, we're having to identify what our minds want to eat. I know you're like, do we? I don't know. Um, no, I just had to think about that. Like, how do we feed our minds, right? I guess we uh, colonic our minds with meditation, <laughs> right? <laughs> we can clear them. Um, yeah. But how do we feed the mental I mean, I do it by listening to your podcast. <laughs> oh, you're so cute. I do it by I do honestly, I do feed my mind. I do. In in a very um conscientious and conscious way because I've seen my mind unravel when it's inundated with the wrong things. True. Okay. Hence my you know, takedown of social media. Not takedown, but you know what I mean. No, um, it's uh, yeah. It's a conscious relationship with it, right? It's not a, uh, it's choosing how you engage with it. I think that's the thing over and over. And uh, yeah, please don't hear anyone today that we hate social media. We don't. We have to engage in a place that is loving for self and not not being driven out of a drive that is not true and sovereign. Yes. You know, I, I think it took a long time for me to realize I have to look at what I believe about social media and how that affects me and my presence there. So do I believe that if someone has, you know, 50,000 followers that they're better than me? I used to. Hmm. Definitely. I used to. I, but I recognized it as a construct that I was creating. I put that, I assigned it that value. And I'm the one doing that. So I just need to throw that away. I don't, I don't need, that's a bullshit belief, you know? And that sovereignty, I'll say the way that I participate in social media, like I show up authentic or I don't show up. So if I just uh, need to like sell or promote, um, I won't show up. And that doesn't always work for (laughs) uh, statistics (laughs) and numbers and like consistency of messaging, but I won't show up unless I fucking mean it. Absolutely. So we all have to choose for ourselves what that is um, and engaging in a way that is protective and loving and in alignment with who we choose to be rather than, uh, again, being driven by something else outside of us to be something. And recognizing where we agree with that thing outside of us Mm. and where we disagree. Love it. Yeah. Four agreements can't beat it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we really didn't need that fifth one does anybody really know it <laughs> you know they threw another one in there at the end um jen where can people find more of you pretty please oh um so you guys can find me um i know it's it looks like my name is pronounced Y, but it's it's way 
do you know that but I don't know that? I always do a Y. That's okay. I mean, it's it's no, it's not my my last name, God. which is Bebo. Well, it's not my name. It's his name. <sighs> Just playing. <laughs> it's JenniferWay.com. That's uh, two N's, one F. W A I dot com, and um, my Instagram is at the Jennifer Way. Um, get it (laughs) and then um my podcast is uh the self-consciousness podcast it's on anchor you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts um but we're also on instagram at the self-consciousness podcast i love that you have like uh i I don't really let me take that back i like the idea of having two separate uh instagrams but fuck y'all i can't even do one so it's uh, too much cosmic mama (laughs) isn't getting her i I can't show up for one of them consistently why would i Mm -mm. No, I, I I think it works for you to have the one space, the one landing space. I think I don't know you if know, it does, but it's real. Like it's the best it's I real. can do, y'all. It's fine. Yeah, and if it has to change at some point, it will. Mm. Um, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for letting this Friday the thirteenth unroll and unravel in exactly the way that I needed today, and hopefully mm. everyone else did too. Thank you so much, Andy. I love you ah, so much, girl. Easy, I love you. Love you. Hmm. I wasn't sure where our conversation would go today. We've been talking and dreaming of sharing time and space with you in this way for a long time. And we knew there was no better day than Friday the 13th to record. So hopefully what came through was valuable for you. Offering perspectives and places of more gentleness because we're all trying to make sense of what the fuck is happening right now and alone we can't do it meditating and just doing it from a spiritual place can't do it boy I'd love to be eating handfuls of mushrooms and say that that made things better maybe it would but what I find time and time again is the girlfriends the people who get me the people who love me the ones who can anchor whatever experience I'm having and remind me that it is just a phase, that something new is coming. And even when I can't remember my light, I got people who love me who do. I hope that you're blessed in those ways. And if you're not, that this place of Cosmic Mama gives you an opportunity to feel it through the people that we bring on and through my love for you for my love for myself and that we keep finding new ways to create a reality that is sustainable and loving and graceful and purposeful together because that's what we come here to do right boo this is the fucking awakening buckle up buttercup i love you i'll see you next time